Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Pastor, uh, it has been a busy week, but we still travail. We still travail, trudging on uh, the path. And um, thankful for all of those that uh, do support and um, appreciate that. Uh, We just, we kind of, uh, I went, my wife had to work. I went with my parents, and I'm very grateful for them because I was able to uh, work on some of my sermon while. While they were driving, so I didn't have to drive myself. I appreciate that, um, and so so very thankful for everyone. Um, thankful for Pastor and his wife. I really appreciate them and their leadership, and I appreciate um, everything that they do. They are very coveted. If you haven't noticed, they have been gone, and they are going to be gone some more. And that is because we have something that people want. They want this man of God, this woman of God, right here, and they are very much appreciated in the assemblies amen amen very thankful for them amen yeah pastor is literally going to be in a symposium at gmc right and that is just that is awesome that is awesome and i asked him he said he had 18 pages i asked him if he he has 20 minute time for him i asked him if he got it down and uh we're praying we're praying <laughs> uh, yeah, continue to pray, continue to pray. Um, but <clears throat> we go on. I'm turning to uh, Genesis 25, 29. Uh, as you turn there, um, grateful uh, for my wife. I know we're doing uh, this uh, graduation thing, but I'm just so godly proud of her. I love her so much and uh, her accomplishment and uh, working you know, she was working and going to school, and she did a fantastic job. And I couldn't be more proud of her. And uh, she's my number one cheerleader, and I appreciate her every step of the way. She, she, as she considers herself lovingly, she considers herself the chief and editor. All right. So whenever you see anything on the screen or anything like that, I'll be like, "Hey, how's this look?" And she'll be like, "Ah, maybe, maybe do something different with that or something." I always kind of pass it by her because I need, I need another set of eyes or another set of ears, and she. She is the chief and editor. She, she helps keep me, keep me sane sometimes, and I, I drive her insane. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Genesis 25 and 29 uh, said, And Jacob sought pottage. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he sware unto him and said his birthright unto Jacob, sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils and did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau despised his birthright. Pastor, would you pray? Lord, I ask you just to move. I'm thankful for the opportunity, Lord, here. 
just to move, Jesus. Lord, have your way, God. Lord, your anointing move, Jesus, right now. Lord, you just only have, Lord, what you would be done, Lord, and said, Lord, in this service, God. Lord, Holy Ghost power, Lord, move, Lord. I'm just Lord, Holy Ghost, Lord, and thankful for you, what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Um, we were uh, in our connect group on Wednesday night doing the announcements as we do right before we end. And uh, I was making a joke and I said, don't come Sunday night. There's the guy that's preaching. You don't want to hear him. And uh, without even getting, I just said, don't come Sunday night. I haven't even got the rest of the joke in. And um, <clears throat> then without even stopping, didn't even have to think about it. Aiden up there said, no worries. I was already planning on not coming. So, Aiden, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Pro yeah, volunteer of the month right there. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, is there something that you hold precious? There's something that you hold precious. I'm, I'm going completely, you know, we're talking material right now. Okay, we're not spiritual. Not spiritual. Young people, this should get, this should get interesting. What do you hold precious? This is... What? Your, your family. Okay. Food. There's some truth. Okay. There's, I, I feel that. A Aiden. His Xbox. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Your wallet. Ooh. Wallet. <laughs> um, so other things that some people find precious uh, that are that may be material. Your car, maybe you find that precious. Uh, a new phone, you know, everyone likes a shiny new phone. Um, and for me, a, a brand new guitar. I love, you know, Bishop loves brand new guitar. Um, what do you do with something that you consider precious? Right? You 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 love that thing, whatever it may be. Or if it's food, you love it for a certain amount of time. Um, but you're still going to protect it, right? You're going to protect it. And uh, no one, right, if, it, if it's a car and, and you got kids, you're going to, you know, right off the bat, all right, we're having a meeting, family meeting. No one is eating in the car, all right? No one is eating in the car for whatever reason, okay? No one is getting in the car with dirty shoes, all right? You got dirty shoes? Go find a trash bag, take your shoes off, put it in the trash bag, put it in the trunk, all right? Um, no one is getting in the car wet. If you're wet, walk home. I don't care. I don't care how far it is. Go home. Go home. Not having it. Not having it. Um, so, you know, protect the car. Protect the car. You know, and if, if you're bishop, you'll wash it every day and wax it. And that's fantastic. I love it. I wish I had the time. Um, <clears throat> but most people, when it comes to phones, uh, I, I'm not, I'm different. Okay, I just got this phone a couple weeks ago. I don't put a case on my phone. You can call me reckless. That's fine. Um, but most people put a case on their phone, right? Most people, they, they either go with the really, uh, oh, it's so cute. That's such a cute case, right? That looks great. And then they'll put a screen protector on it, and they'll go about their day. And, and then there's others that you're, you're a little more clumsy, you know, and, and you might need that OtterBox case. Nice, heavy duty. Maybe put two screen protectors on it and then two phone insurance plans just to be, just to be safe, just to be safe. All, all covered in the blood. All covered in the blood. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you're extra clumsy. I know, I know you people. I know you. 
So then maybe a new guitar, maybe a new guitar. Um, you know, Bishop, maybe a, maybe a PRS private stock that costs like $12,000. How about that? All right. Beautiful, right? Plays beautifully. looks beautiful. You could, you could see Bishop's bald head in it, right? Um, looks wonderful. And it's just glossy. And uh, that's going to be cleaned every week. It's going to be put in a hard shell case. Can't, can't risk it being in a soft shell case. Can't risk it. Uh, you're going to change the strings on that thing about every two months, even more frequent, depending on how much you play it. And it's just going to stay in pristine condition, right? That's the, what you do with things that you hold precious. You, you, you take care of it. You, you want to keep it in pristine condition as long as possible, as long as possible. Um, so you, every single action is taken under consideration. You take of it, care of it very carefully. So tonight, I want to talk on the curse of the blessing. Uh, I'm not talking tonight specifically about the blessing of health, prosperity, or victory. I'm talking about the blessing of a calling that has been placed on our lives. A call to preach, a call to teach, missionary, uh, leading your family even. That is a call, a call to music ministry, a call to be a hole filler in the church even. That is a very important thing because there sometimes are holes. And if you feel the call to be a hole filler, you're just going to try to find, you're going to do the best that you can and wherever that hole is until someone else comes along. It's very important. And it doesn't mean that not, and I told the young people this this morning, a ministry is not just pulpit ministry. It may be one of the most public things, but it is not a pulpit ministry. I told them that the, the creative side of the church is growing, and that is becoming a ministry, right? The, the social media aspect of ministry and the live stream. And so calling is not, it can be as simple, and it's not necessarily simple, but it can be as simple as leading your family, calling to just lead your family to God, but then also calling to preach. There's such a wide range here. So here in our reading, we have Esau. He's coming in from a hunt. And, you know, I'm sure he, he was dirty. It could have been hot outside. And he was out in the elements. He was tired. And he was obviously hungry, right? Um, and he's probably just ready to eat, clean up, get some rest. He's just, he's just tired. He's about to faint, man. He's about to faint. Um, so <clears throat> we all have those moments, right? We're just like, I need food. Give me a Big Mac, please. Um, and... They take forever at McDonald's. Um, anyways, um, <clears throat> and so you're just, you're just like, I need food or I'm going to die. I am going to die. Will, will you? Will you really? Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes maybe, you know, if you've gone a couple days, maybe, maybe you will. I don't know. I don't know how you lived your life. Um, but Esau just needed that venison. He needed it. And so he made the thing that made the most sense. Obviously, he sold his birthright. Common Tuesday, you know, just sold the birthright. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what is the birthright here? Well, upon death of the father, the firstborn son, referred to as the birthright son, would be entitled to a double portion of their father's inheritance. Uh, one portion as the son, one portion as the, uh, the entitled head of the family. Um, he would be responsible and preside over the family. Not only was there a lot of responsibility and care of being the firstborn son, but also there was a blessing from God as the inheritor of their father's possessions and authority 
over the family. So, just like any other morning, this, this heavy birthright that is given to Esau by birth, by being the firstborn son, he, nothing unusual, just another Tuesday, swearing the birthright to your brother for some food. Easy exchange, right? Easy exchange. The curse of the blessing. First Samuel 15 and 1. We're here, we're going to come upon Samuel. And Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. So here, obviously, we know the story. Samuel was to anoint the king of Israel. And that was to be chosen, Saul. And he was commanded by the Lord to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And instead, him and the people kept things that they sought to be good to, to sacrifice unto God. Okay, they thought that was a good plan. Um, verse 10 comes around, and we have, we have come to, after the fact of them slaughtering who, what they thought was destroying the Amalekites. But um, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. God was displeased. Obviously, there was utter disobedience here. God repented? Yes, God repented. The verb repenteth here is speaking, uh, with God speaking, occurs here and in Genesis 6 and 7, where it speaks about God's regretting uh, over making humanity and his ultimate decision for the great flood. In both cases, people made wrong choices, and God had the foreknowledge, and in order to do that, he had the foreknowledge, and he knew what people would do. He knew what people would do, but nonetheless, nonetheless, God, it pained God to see this disobedience come to pass. The word translated turned back here in the verse is commonly means repent, but when it speaks of turning away in this passage, it is actually not talking about turning away from sin. Here, it is describing the, the turning back as conscious decision by Saul to cease following the Lord. He ceased following the Lord. He made a conscious decision to do so. Samuel was grieved, and he had to talk to Saul. Obviously, Saul thought he had done good, and the Lord would be pleased with this sacrifice. Look at all of these animals that we are sacrificing unto God. He would be pleased. But in verse 22... And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of the rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. Something to observe about Saul mistake and disobedience is that he thought that sacrificing and the fat of the rams were all it took to be in the will of God. But that's not what God asked of him. He utterly disobeyed. He said, Samuel here was talking about rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. You just rebelled. Saul, you just rebelled. The curse of the blessing. Judges 16, 4, and 5. 
if I take off the lid. And verse 4 says, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. I think Samson is a good prime example of having opportunities to think about what he was doing and didn't act upon it. Let's, let's observe. Delilah asked three times here how he would be weakened. First time, he said, if I was to be bound by seven green widths, or it would be referred to as uh, fresh bowstrings made by dead corpse um, that were never dried, then he would be weak. Well, what a coincidence. He wakes up, the Philistines are there, and we have the green widths. How about that? How about that? Such a coinky dink. Um, second time, and he, she asked, and he said, if he is bound with new ropes that were never occupied, then he would lose his strength. Well, another coincidence happened. Okay, he woke up, and the Philistines were there, and he was in the ropes that were never occupied. What a, what a strange thing, man. Never would have thought. Um, so third time, he, he's still going at it. So third time she asked, and he answered and said the seven locks of his hair was weaved into a fabric, then he would lose his strength. Well, he's getting a little closer with the hair there. Um, but guess what? He woke up. The Philistines were here. His hair was in the weave. Come on. It just so happened to happen three times. It's, it's just a coincidence. Red flag, Samson. Red flags everywhere. Hello. Woo, is this thing on? Um, Samson was just, and that's the thing, because we get to the fourth time, and he tells his heart to her, and he tells the truth, and then, then he gets caught on it, right? He gets, he gets caught on it. And Samson's kind of, he was just kind of playing the field. He was just kind of having, I think he kind of enjoyed the little, little bit of banter back and forth, right? He's a little, little prideful in that. The curse of the blessing. Numbers 14, 1 through 4, says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land? To fall by the sword, that our wives and our children would be prey? Were it, not, were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said to one another, one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. The Israelites, God's people, they have been promised this land, this promised land. And they, uh, the land of Can Milk and honey, this, this grandiose promised land that they had been promised. And they were whining. Like, oh, I don't want to. I want to go back to Egypt. And if I were Moses, I would have been like, 
You were in slavery in Egypt. I would have been scratching my head, be like, really? Like, well, the people probably like, well, it wasn't so bad. You know? I could see myself having a good time, you know. Slavery wasn't that bad. It was fine. Um, but yeah, they were just whining. And they were preferring to turn back to bondage than receive the blessing that God had for them. It's right in their faces. They received the blessing. But they wanted to return to Egypt, return to slavery. The curse of the blessing. Matthew 25, 15. It said, and unto one, he gave five talents. To another, two. And to another, one. To every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Everyone was given the amount according to his several ability. The story goes, one, the one that received five. He goes and he trades. He gets five more. He's got ten. He is, he's multiplied. He's doubled his talents. The one that got two received two more. He doubled what he had. No, the one that received just one talent. He goes off. I'm sure he was excited. He received this. He goes off, buries it, hides the Lord's money. That's, that's a good that's a good. Um, hiding the Lord's money. Uh, he thought, <laughs> that's another message. Um, <clears throat> might have to write that down later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and so he thought that the Lord would be pleased, right? It has been in safekeeping, God. I have, it, it has not gone anywhere. No one knows where, it's, where it is, except for me. No one knows. Is that really wise? Is that really wise? The curse of the blessing. It's important that we don't lose sight of the fact that the blessing, the calling that God has for us, that he has given us or has promised unto us, is precious. Just like we take those physical things that we find precious and we're careful with them, we protect them, we can't be careless with the blessing that God has given us. Unlike the new phone that we, we doctor up to make sure it's, it's as safe as possible, and over time, you know what happens? We become a little more careless day by day. Because what is it? It's not a new phone anymore. Year goes by. This I got this about a year ago. It's doing pretty good, you know. But newsflash, God's blessings don't have an expiration date. But you got to make sure you're going to keep hold of that precious thing. So, how do we avoid the curse of the blessing? Well, maybe we should learn from Esau's mistake. Don't trade your blessing for something that you think is better, for instant pleasure. Because when you've had your venison, or whatever your venison may be in this world, this life, um, you're going to have a full stomach, or may I say a happy flesh, and you're going to have no blessing. If we don't learn from Esau, our blessing becomes something that can be traded and it has a price, and our blessing shouldn't be something that we dare let out of our sight, and it's not for sale. 
ever. Jesus. Or maybe we learn from Saul. Don't live your life being busy with your definition of sacrifice. God has something different in mind for you, maybe, if you would just listen. We've got to seek his face. If we aren't careful, we can take advantage of having the promise of a blessing or having a blessing to an unhealthy place. Because what happens is we have this, this pride and belief that we can decide what's going to be pleasing to God. We can decide what we're going to do because just because you're sacrificing a lot, even if it's for kingdom things, does not give you the permission to decide what God has planned for your blessing. So if we don't learn from Saul's mistake, we become prideful about the blessing that God gave us. And we think that entitles us to make our own decisions. It is not ours to decide. Maybe we should learn from Samson's mistake. When we are in the blessing, we are in the calling like Samson was. And his strength, he had his strength, he had the blessing. We end up flirting with some things. And maybe it's watching and listening something you shouldn't. Maybe it's the place you shouldn't go or those people you shouldn't be talking to, the thing that you shouldn't be talking about. You get that thing. If you got the Holy Ghost, you get that thing up in your stomach. If your stomach doesn't feel good. That's your red flag. Samson didn't listen three times. And look what happened. He lost his blessing. Right? That's your red flag. If we don't learn from Samson, we're going to end up losing our blessing over thinking that we have enough power to fraternize with the enemy. Jesus. Jesus. Or maybe we should learn from the Israelites in the wilderness. We feel like the Israelites sometimes, right? And we, we make fun that they're whining. But we feel like the Israelites sometimes and we think we can be delivered out of Egypt. And we can be given the promise of the blessing. And we still end up going back to Egypt. Because all we can do is whine and focus on all the negative, quote, negative, that it comes from not being in Egypt. What we're missing out on. What God has for you is way better than what you're missing out on. Just because it's uncomfortable, just because it's unknown, does not mean we need to go and turn our head. The promise of a blessing doesn't hold the promise of being comfortable and familiar. Jesus. Maybe we learn from the man with one talent that didn't do anything. I'm closing. Musicians can start to come. When we have a blessing that is over our lives... We feel we can take it to the bank, put it in, keep it for safekeeping. And it's as if we don't have to put any work into our blessing. We don't have to put any work into our call. That seems odd since a call would be working. But we're going to sit on the pew, raise our hand a little bit, maybe clap, maybe clap. I don't know. Um. And we'll just do the bare minimum. We're not sinning. But we're just doing the bare minimum. And God will bring the blessing eventually. 
We'll just wait on the blessing. It's almost like, I hate waiting on packages, okay? It's almost like waiting for a package. You just sit in there. Do you have any responsibility in the delivery of that package? Except for maybe signing something? No. But guess what? You're going to sit there and you're going to complain. Well, they were supposed to deliver that at 12 o'clock. It is 3 o'clock. Where are they? I don't appreciate it. God's blessing isn't like sitting by your door waiting on the mail. It should be treated more like a pickup, not a delivery. He's going to bring your blessing, but you've got to meet him. You've got to do some work to get to it. If we don't learn from the man with one talent, we're still going to be sitting on the pew doing just enough to get by and possibly never see our blessing that God has for us because he's waiting on us to do something. Please stand. These, these altars are open. Ultimately, and I did this on purpose. I know we, I kept saying the curse of the blessing. Ultimately, what the curse of the blessing is, is our flesh getting in the way. Our flesh getting in the way of our call. For those of you that are waiting on your call, you know, young people, some of you are at that transition in life. Some of you are still waiting. This is a disclaimer before the call. For those of you that have callings veered away due to the curse of the blessing, I encourage you in the curse, put your flesh in check with God's calling for you. So I say again, Jesus, how do you avoid the curse of the blessing in your life? Treat the blessings like it's precious. It is precious. The call is precious. Don't be prideful about your blessing and think that you can make it on your own. Don't be prideful and think that you can fraternize with the things of this world. Don't try to go back from what God had just taken you out of when he has a promise for you. Don't sit and wait for your blessing to come. Do. Don't let go of your blessing and don't sell your blessing for instant gratification. It's way too precious for that. It's not for sale. Be humble. Ask God for wisdom. Be faithful in your pursuit. Work on the calling. And keep your blessing close. Keep your call close to your heart. Even if it's not all come together quite yet. He's faithful. He's faithful. It's not for sale. It's precious. Don't allow your flesh to curse. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.